everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast, and we're excited to bring you another interview. And today we're talking again with author Jenny Hale. She has a new book uh, coming out, The Memory Keeper. And Jenny, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. So what we, th- we thought we'd do, we've been doing with our uh, interviewees lately, is talk a little bit about 2020. How was the, the whole experience for you as a writer? Did you find uh, you were inspired to write in quarantine or was it harder or what What has been your 2020 like? Mm, good old 2020. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> 2020 was unique in that, apart from everything else, in that um, at times there was, there were really great things about being isolated. And at times there were not when it came to writing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I struggle with is, um, I am an extrovert in that I am energized by people, but I'm not necessarily the life of the party. So I won't be out in the middle of the dance floor, but I need people around me to give me the vibes that, that jar my creativity. And so I found that sitting in the four walls of my office um, with just my family all working on their own things quietly, it was very difficult for me to be creative because I like to sit in a coffee shop and, you know, somewhere out where I can see people and just that sort of buzz. It's sort of like um, having a fan when you sleep, that sort of just buzz. It Mm -hmm. does something for me. So um, I struggled with that. But it also gave me the time that I needed to write this extra book so that I could start my publishing imprint because I write two books every year, a summer and a Christmas. But in order to um, have that extra book to publish under my own imprint, I had to write a third book within that year. And so um, for the first time ever in my adult life, all of the baseball practices were canceled and all of the soccer practices were canceled and there were no after-school activities and I had just time. And so I wrote both my Christmas book, Christmas at Fireside Cabins, and my new uh, book with my new publishing imprint, The Memory Keeper. I wrote those simultaneously at the same time. So it was was a battle of keeping up my creative juices within the four walls of my home while also adding another book to my normal schedule. So did you just alternate what book you were working on each day or how did that work? Well, I wrote both every day. What what I do when I write my books, I write a thousand words a day, every single day, seven days a week um, Mm -hmm. until it's done. And And then I edit 4,000 words when we go into editing. And if I do that, it takes me about six months to write and edit and be ready to publish. So I do two a year Mm -hmm. because six months for one, six months for the other. Um, So I had to write this one at the same exact time. And what I found was I tap out creatively at about 1,000 words. I just can't. um, The best way I can explain it is imagine I'm watching a show or a story in my head and I'm just typing and documenting what's going on in that show. That's how my brain works when I'm writing a story. And so I'm typing along what's going on in that show. And all of a sudden at about a thousand words, someone just hits pause and they all stare at each other. 
the whole characters, everybody just stares at each other and has mm-hmm. nothing to say. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> what I learned about that was I can do a thousand words on one, but if I go to a totally different book, it starts over and I can do a thousand words mm. on that book. And it, um, it's almost like switching between TV shows. Like if you watch Seinfeld and then turn around and click over to friends, you don't get confused between what you saw in Seinfeld mm-hmm. and what you're seeing in friends. And so I was able to compartmentalize them very easily, mm. but um, where it got tricky was in edits. When you start manipulating the story and moving things around and adding things that people are doing and saying and adding details, keeping track of what I changed for two stories proved to be really difficult. So that Yeah, I would think that would be hard. And you putting in details from one book that really belongs in the other book or <laughs> kind of thing. But or you'll be like, who you- was who's 23 years old now? <laughs> yeah, right you know you make a change oh my gosh wow so do you think you're gonna keep doing that writing two books at the same time uh no I I wrote this book so that I could have a model for authors who want to publish with my imprint Harper Thread Press I needed them to see what t- kinds of stories our publishing imprint is looking for um and so I had this book out so that I could um, have something to publish Mm -hmm. first because, you know, (laughs) let me be the guinea pig on my own company. Mm -hmm. Um, So I put, I put my book out first and then now now I'm getting submissions and we've opened and, um, and so we'll have other authors to, to put up, but I'm still under a contract uh, for more, for more books with my current publisher. And I'm just going to continue on with them for the time being. Mm, Okay. Interesting. So yeah. Well, let's talk about this publishing imprint, as you call it. Why don't you explain to us a little bit about what what it is and what you're doing there? Okay. Um, well, the more I got into uh, the, this career, uh, the more I longed to have the creative discussions around how to sell the book and the packaging of the book. Um, how to write the blurb, how to get, you know, how to get readers involved, how to reach readers, all of those things are just really interesting to me. And so um, my motivation for writing was more to do that. And, um, and that's the job of the publisher. And so while I absolutely adore my publisher, and they all know that I just always want to have a seat at their table, um, they have to do their job and I have to do mine. And so um, I decided to branch out and, and branch out into the publishing realm because I had real ideas about what I saw in my vision for my writing um, and, and not to knock anything that they're doing because they're amazing. But, you know, if I had my way, I told them if I had my way, I'd be, you know, right there with them every day talking about how to sell my book. So I opened up my new publishing imprint um, and obviously let them know that I was doing that. And, um, and so now I get to write the story, but I also get to do all of the um, sales of that story. I'm, you know, I have created a marketing plan and I'm doing, um, I've hired people to do um, social media ads and, um, and I'm, I put together the package and I fed back, um, on the cover design. And, and so those sorts of things, um, are things that I never got to do, um, 
by no fault of anyone's <laughs> at all, just in the way that, mm-hmm. you know, publishers work. So um, I did it almost like creative expression. And so I created this publishing imprint. And um, now if authors write a story and they would like to um, sell that story, then they um, submit to the, just like any other publisher, they submit to us and, um, and it goes through uh, pretty heavy edits. Um, And then, you know, we work on package design and and, uh, marketing and PR, and then put it out into the world. So what kind of authors are you looking for? And do you, are you taking like unagented uh, manuscripts or what, um, uh, what's your plan with that? going um we take both agented and unagented uh we've signed two people so far one has an agent one doesn't um because at the end of the day what i really want is a great story so um whether you find us through an agent or not through an agent isn't of importance to me um, because i just want Uh i just want to share great stories with people um but we're looking for romantic fiction and i've been relatively vague about that again because at the end of the day I don't want to pigeonhole it and say we're looking for specifically this because there might be another story out there that'll just knock my socks off that's not necessarily um you know what I thought I was looking for so I just keep it open to romantic fiction I think you know there's so many different ways to tell a love story that um Uh I just I just really enjoy seeing what people come up with Uh what they send my way do you have any parameters as far as content? Uh, it, it, it's, it's, are you trying to keep it? I, I don't know what the if it's family friendly is the right word, but um, clean romance, or does that not matter? Um, I definitely uh, want to keep it um, on the cleaner side, but mm-hmm. how steamy you take the romance, it just depends on the story and how mm-hmm. well it fits you know what I mean if it's Uh necessary then then it is Uh but um um I I wouldn't take erotica um Uh at this point I think and partly because I'm not to knock it it's just that I have to take stories that I feel passionate about that I know I can sell and I don't know if someone who wrote that type of book would want me to try to figure out how to sell Uh it I think Uh I I need to do what I do best and that would be mm-hmm. um, focusing on on romance and and um, general romantic fiction. Cool. So if somebody has a, uh, a manuscript, uh, how would they present it to you? On our website, our our imprint name is Harpeth H A R P E T H Harpeth Road Press, and we got that name because um, the Harpeth River runs around Nashville, and it's very windy and twisty, and so um, I felt like my publishing journey kind of um, was, you know, was like that, and and finding my home for my books, and and it's also based in Nashville, and I feel like Nashville is where I really blossomed creatively, so anyway, they can go to www.harpethroad.com. And um, there we will, we have a submissions page. We have one for agents and one for unagented and it gives all the directions to submit. Very cool. And are there, is there anything that you're particularly looking for like uh, theme wise, like holiday reads or just, but or no, just whatever 
whatever people want to do. I think it's just, like I said, a good story. I mean, I think there's sometimes you can get, take a story and think, oh, this would be great at Christmas or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, I'm always thinking when I read, when I read submissions, I never just take it at face value. I always think, how can, you know, is there a way I could use this? Is there a way that I could, you know, make this a Christmas book or, I, and then I'll have a conversation with the author um, and we'll, we'll see where we go from there. So no, I, I mean, I think we, we, I have two Valentine's books contracted at the moment. And and the one I put out, uh, The Memory Keeper, happens right after Valentine's Day. So it'd be nice to maybe not have another uh. Valentine's book. We'll, we'll have them all do it at the same time. And I'll be pulling my hair out trying to get my own writing done while I'm doing every single Valentine's book we have. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think at this very moment, Valentine's might be off the table. But, but your you know. book is pretty mild, I would say, with mm-hmm. Valentine's it is yeah correct yeah and I wanted to do that because I was I wanted to make sure that in terms of package and in terms of story that it was more about the story I didn't want people to think oh I'm gonna buy this because it's a a valentine's read the way they might buy a christmas read Mm -hmm. and so I I kept it pretty low Mm -hmm. Uh, well let's dive in let's talk about the book okay and uh, if you're somebody who, just a note to the listeners, if you're someone who doesn't want to know any details at all, then you might you might want to go read it and then listen. But uh, we'll try to keep it relatively spoiler-free, uh, mm-hmm. but just talking about more basic things about the characters and some other stuff. Um, so uh, The Memory Keeper. So this book, it takes on a lot. It has a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and how did you get the kind of the basic idea for the for the book uh the idea originated in that first scene the airport scene ah that's Mm -hmm. sort of what hit me first and I had this idea and originally I had this sort of um idea around this road trip you know the airport debacle and then this road trip um but as I went through and I do a lot of pre-writing before I start and as I went through the character arcs and things I started to say well you know we're gonna get a deeper story if we um don't have an entire novel on a road trip if we have her actually getting uh, to, to town and and finding out what's going on so um and and I didn't have a whole lot of detail at that point these are just all ideas that flow through my head so then I thought well if I have you know the airport and then a tiny road trip then um we need to pull in those sort of um hallmarks to my writing in that I have usually a grandparent and multi-generational and um and small towns you know and and um the the people working through I think everyone needs to have a sort of deeper character arc that they're working through that changes them personally without changing who they are yeah and I so mean because really you could have a whole movie just and we have had a whole movies just about the road trip part of it at the beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I know <laughs> and and then and then it goes into worrying about her grandma and then also finding the journal and we'll talk all about that but um but yeah it starts out as this road trip movie she gets dumped at the beginning and (laughs) (laughs) and that was pretty uh pretty interesting and and so we get to meet hannah and then liam uh 
finds her at the airport and um so these two characters uh how did you come up with these characters you know it's so tricky because i don't really people have asked like do you go on the internet and look for pictures and i just sort of see them and when i see Mm -hmm. them i see them in their entirety and then um and then how they work through their problems get deeper as i go through my edits but i mean i kind of see the surface them and then it's sort of um, picking them apart what's driving them and what are the what are their motivations and um what background traumas or experiences have shaped those reactions mm-hmm. and so that's sort of how i build the character but um so it, it i build them i guess in layers but i see them 100 percent just in my mind's eye like you would see someone in a grocery store Mm-hmm. and then I and then I build them up so I I don't know what came how they came to me they just did I just saw yeah. Hannah and Liam and said these are the ones yeah so Hannah she had a relationship with or a friendship with Ethan in the story uh but never really I think knew too much about Liam growing up and then uh and then she kind of goes away and classic kind of this type of story fashion and uh she uh she has this city experience and then uh her but has this very close relationship with her grandma and uh but liam i thought was an interesting character because he's not the best dad he's kind of a bit of an absent father and aloof and I think that that could have made him unlikable. And was that something that you struggled with? Yeah. I mean, what I wanted for him was um, he's so sort of in his own way lost in his grief. I mean, he's he's uh, creating his business basically in the ghost of his wife. You know, it was her business. And he's sort of absently working through um his grief by being a workaholic and in doing that sort of lost that time with his son but didn't know how to recoup it you know he just didn't know how to get it back and so hannah sort of pulls that back out of him because he um i wanted to juxtapose the the liam sheen remembered as a kid that sort of carefree um singer you know bonfire guy Mm -hmm. um and then and then now what in the world has happened to him you know that he's just like she would have never imagined a guy like that to not be an amazing dad you know Mm -hmm. and and i think that people um deal with that you know that happens um in life so it was tricky and i knew it was a risk doing it but i thought if i can just have Um, that moment it's such a glorious moment when he when he figures it out that Mm. it was worth the it was worth the 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 worry about him being disliked I think for me Mm -hmm. yeah it was my risk I guess yeah I mean it was very interesting to me because I just thought boy I mean he's just being not very nice to his son and you just don't <laughs> expect that kind of character in this kind of kind of story um uh, but he learned and he grew and i i don't mind flawed in fact i like flawed characters in stories because then they can grow and learn and and 
become better people and uh, could you with hannah could you relate to her as a as a character i mean she's somebody who's uh, you know pretty in she's independent but she's also kind of insecure about things she needs a lot of uh reinforcement as far as her relationships and some of her other things like uh, i felt like there was an interesting diet pull, pull back and forth between in in her character yeah i think she also um was driven in that she had a goal that she wanted to accomplish by going to New York. Mm -hmm. Um, But she didn't really, in accomplishing that goal, she didn't really learn about who she was, Mm -hmm. which is where her insecurity sort of comes in because she didn't really grow. She did it. She ticked the box, but she didn't really grow. And, and that's why, you know, her, her still to that, to the, this day, her quote best friend was somebody from high school because she doesn't, have any best friends she hasn't really um moved forward in life and i think sometimes there are people like that who are sort of stuck in who they were as a young person and they haven't moved through uh, the growth you know that that she moves through and so her growth happens also you know once she gets home and has to actually confront who she is is she the small town girl or is she the city girl or is she somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. and that's sort of you know her yeah. her thing her problem to figure out i like that it was good and so they meet this woman georgia who ends up becoming their uh, trio in the road trip part of the the uh, the movie <laughs> um watching too much sunday the the uh, the road trip part of the book and so georgia was she based on anybody that you know no she just no. came to me just totally came to me uh-huh. and in her long sweater and her jeans <laughs> yeah she was really fun because she was kooky and and uh and kind of uh encouraged them in their you know romance and in cute ways and i don't know i liked her and and uh and the, but then there was also definitely some heart to her with her fig- trying to connect with her birth parents and and uh her whole story of why she was going to the town yeah i mean i think with georgia um one i needed a little bit of comic relief with the uh, heaviness that the two were facing uh-huh. and with the with Graham, you know, uh, dealing with what she was dealing with and all um, of the the trauma with seeing um, Hannah's boyfriend at the airport. And um, and so she had this light air to her, but I also wanted her to be light enough that she would book a flight and 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 run off to a town that she doesn't even know if her parents are there. Mm-hmm. Um and so I wanted her to be light and sort of um, all over the place. Yeah. Because I think it, it made her, um, her, her journey make more sense. Yeah. I liked her as a character that she was fun. And also just her, her willingness to kind of embrace the moment was, was very appealing in a character. Yeah. And I think, you know, we all want that. You know, we all want to be better at that. And so she mm-hmm. sort of uh, 
was that personification of like, what if you did just, you know, paint paintings and run off to wherever Chicago? Yeah, yeah. You know, what, you know, because most people would think that's and, and not make that decision. So I wanted her to be a good what if kind of person. Well, and I think especially in after what we've all experienced, we all kind of want to be more like that in the once things get back to back to some form of normalcy i think we all want to embrace things maybe more than we did before for sure for sure Mm -hmm. and uh so then we finally get to meet gran she's been in the hospital heard a lot about her and we uh and we we find her journal so then there becomes this other part of the story about her past and her past loves. And so what gave you the idea to, to do that? Um, I think that I needed, um, I needed to have the two sides of the memory keeper because we have the side that it is now. And then in order to understand in order to grow for Hannah, she has to understand where the memory keeper began. And so in learning that, it helped her to sort of work through um, some of who she is and what her purpose is. Because, at you know, at the start of the book, her purpose is ticking those boxes and saying, yes, I made it to, you know, this blah, blah, blah job. And I went through this school and, you know, but Um, But what is meant for her and the only way to really get to the crux of that was to understand why it's meant for her. And so we needed the journal to do that. I could have had Grant tell her all that stuff, but I just thought it was more fun to um, tell it in pieces and snippets so that she can Mm -hmm. then go talk to her Grant about it. Yeah, well, and I think it was also that you can't plan out everything in your life Uh, that sometimes things happen and you have to you just and you just have to kind of go go with where life leads you and sometimes that's right you know Mm -hmm. if you do it sometimes you realize that it was actually exactly where you're supposed to be yeah I think you're spot on that that was good um so there's also this whole plot of saving this floral shop that they have that grands has this floral shop and i you kind of have a little bit with it involving liam uh and uh and then her and hannah you know getting involved and there's also this mural that's uh going that, that she wants done in the shop uh, and so that involves ethan as a character uh it's a lot going on with this floral shop Mm-hmm. And I did that on purpose because that's the hub. I mean, that's the memory keeper, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's where um, in, in in its heyday, everyone was, you know, they all came to the memory keeper. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this is uh, a place where it's sort of all the stories converge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, and there's just like an energy about the store because it's where her it meant so much to her to her grandmother who she loves mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and how do you harness that energy you know it's still there mm-hmm. even though the place is in disrepair so how do you sort of um bring it back to life and 
And mm-hmm. in doing so, how do you bring everyone else back to life too? Because, you know, even Ethan sort of had fallen into that, you know, monotony, you know, when really there was more meant for him and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and same with all of them. I mean, Liam, Hannah, all of them have um, bigger futures than they were uh, living at the time. Mm-hmm. With Grant, did you have, did you have a close relationship with your grandmothers Is that, at all um kind of feeding off of that it's interesting i had um one of my grandmothers who um looking back on her life and what i know of her um i think would probably be i would be the closest with i didn't get to know very well because she passed away when i was really young and then my other grandmother i did get to know but she was um far away we were out of state so i only saw her like once or twice a year um but i mean i was close with her Uh and you know, still have really great stories of her. Um, so I think sometimes I pull in, I, you know, this sort of vibe of my own grandparents. Um, but sometimes I fill in the pieces, you know, um, for, for, for grandparents, um, especially because of, uh, my one grandmother who I didn't get to know, but I swear to you, I think we would be like besties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and you get to see now your parents being grandparents. That must mm-hmm. be kind of fun. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're all just, um, you know, it's, it's, I think I've said before, we have sort of layers to who we are and, you know, their parenting layer is different than their grandparenting layer. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's interesting to see that dynamic and see how it plays out. Yeah. But I know my son is 14 and he still will FaceTime his grandmother, you know, probably a couple of times a week. Mm. Yeah, I had a really close relationship with my uh, particularly, I mean, I was I was close to most of my my grandparents. There was particularly one grandma and one grandpa on on both sides, actually, that I was especially close with. And uh, I. I don't know. I just, I, I loved talking with them. I got so much comfort for them and there was just no doubt that they loved me no matter what. And, and I, of course my parents do as well, but I don't know, there was just something so comforting about being with both of them and their love. And I don't know, it, maybe it's cause it's, uh it's not there's not like in the same worry that a parent has it's Mm -hmm. it's a little bit uh freer if that makes sense I think so Um, I mean they don't mm -hmm. have to do any of the disciplining you know like they can just do the love which is so great that's why we all love parents (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and I could definitely see my some my grandma in Grant's character uh she was very like sure about her opinion on on things uh but uh but was also was also a really fun person to talk with and you just loved when I don't know, both both of my grandparents uh, you, when you were with them you felt like you were the favorite grandkid mm-hmm. they liked you the best that's great <laughs> Ah, that's great and, and i remember when when my grandma first started having some health problems uh she passed away in 2019 and but um uh, when she had first started having some health problems 
I called my sister who was living by here at the time. And I said, well, let me know because I, I have a special relationship with grandma. I want to make sure that I'm there if there's mm-hmm. a problem or whatever. And, <laughs> and she told me, she's like, you know, all of the cousins have said some variation <laughs> on that today. <laughs> and I'm like, it was funny. But um, there's just something so special about that relationship. And uh, so that was a a nice part of the story. And to be able to go back and have that flashback, I I really enjoyed. And so, yeah, the I I really enjoyed the first kiss between (laughs) Liam and Hannah. And that must have been kind of tricky to write yeah um i mean it always is you know like when you know sometimes i'll write the kiss in and then i'll go back and delete it because i'm like they can't kiss yet (laughs) yeah it's supposed to kiss (laughs) you know but because there's always that sort of lingering tension you know when you just Uh want him to do it and he won't you know but um so yeah i mean every time i write it, it it's um it's tricky to know when what did you like about it what was specific it was I liked it because, um, why did I like it? I, it's hard to articulate sometimes. I, I liked it because it was built, they'd built it, you'd built it well. And, um, I'm glad you say that because I was worried that people were going to be like, he doesn't do that in his sleep, you know? Right. But (laughs) I don't know. Like it was just, it was very intimate and, without you know without going too far mm-hmm. um and i don't know i just thought it was sexy it was good <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad because again yeah. you know when you're writing it you're sort of in those characters and so uh-huh. like i said i'm watching the characters and i'm writing it and so there were times where i thought um you know yeah well because is this the right time well and you have to be careful in that kind of situation because you you have to keep her consent and uh-huh. you know that she's mm-hmm. she's aware and everything and and i think you did and and uh, i think that, that when when we have the near kisses which is so frequent of course in these types of stories uh that a lot of times it feels very false because in in real life i think a near kiss as far as as far as drama wouldn't be all that different than our actual kiss like if i almost right. kiss somebody <laughs> it, it would basically bring up the same kinds of conflict that actually kissing them would do i don't think it would be that different right and, and i mean what you you know how many how many actual i mean maybe i'm naive but how many actual near kisses are there <laughs> no i <laughs> i've never heard of it in it? my life i mean <laughs> especially when it's something so stupid like a phone <laughs> rings or uh, some sound or whatever like if it's a child coming into the room i get i can understand that because very true yeah i'm not knocking it because i think i've probably written a few but that's what i was just thinking as in real life i think in you real would just life, go for it yeah you would that's the only honestly i think a child coming into the room is probably the only thing i can think of that would, <laughs> unless you're trying to hide your relationship for some reason right Uh, but uh, i don't know i just feel like in reality the conflict would be the same 
mm-hmm. you'd still be like, oh, you almost kissed me. Why did you almost kiss me? It's not that different <laughs> than you kissed me. <laughs> and so I enjoyed it. I thought that was good. And uh, then their relationship kind of grows from there. Uh, but uh, did was it fun to write sort of a road trip movie in 2020 when we can't <laughs> can't go on road trips very well? Yes, I mean, I I truly, I swear to you, I had to keep reminding myself not to like put masks on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it was so ingrained. Yeah, to put them on that I it was you know it's almost like you're forgetting something and then you're like oh wait they don't they don't need to because I'd be like can they just go in and do that and I'd be like oh yeah they can because it's not really going yeah. on during COVID right <laughs> they can walk in the store they don't have totally to be fine. six feet apart right <laughs> <laughs> she can like you know have the spider in her bed in the middle of you know the yeah. hotel with two people that she's not with you know yeah. <laughs> well so hey, I if I that. yeah if I was writing this book though I would order a bunch of flowers for myself and just with this research because <laughs> I love flowers yeah I do too I actually um will get them at the grocery store and then just uh-huh. arrange them myself like a florist would do yeah I do that I do that a lot yeah <laughs> I'm That's always getting myself flowers <laughs> I know I should because I love yeah. it so much yeah. but yes. always yeah uh so well congratulations on the book and the publishing imprint and everything that's very exciting uh that's a huge accomplishment thank you so much it's been a lot of work and i couldn't have done all of it without quarantine i think mm-hmm. you know when the world opens up is when my work will really begin because <laughs> then i'll get to see if i can handle it all but um but yeah it's it has been a lot of work but um it's what i love to do so yeah. It doesn't That's feel like great. work. That's great. Well, I think last time I didn't have a chance to re-listen to it, but I think last time we did the regular questions at the end of the interview. Oh yeah, we did. So mm-hmm. this time you get the holiday questions. So okay. put on your Santa hat for <laughs> these questions. First okay. question is, what is your favorite holiday drink? Hmm. I think I love um, when fall comes. I don't know. I guess uh-huh. it's sort of a fall drink, but it's the pumpkin spice lattes. I am so totally oh, that girl. I am that girl. PSL. I was actually on one of my favorite coffee shop had the um, had me on their stories on Instagram <laughs> because I was the first one to order one. <laughs> That's funny. That was, uh, was front center. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Mm, I like pretty much any of it. I mean, really, I would eat any of it. I think I like, um, there's a chocolate chip cookie recipe. I put it on my blog a couple of times where, um, that's like all homemade good goodness. And it's oh, got there's nothing better than it. a hot chocolate chip cookie. Yes. I mean, that's my favorite. Oh yeah. And the secret is <laughs> um, to any cookie is to slightly underbake it just just yes. take it out take it out like 30 seconds a minute maybe before where what it says on the recipe yeah and i do that too to make it it's so much softer and yummier mm-hmm. <laughs> i do and i like i'll stare at the edges and if they even slightly get brown i take yeah. it out because yeah. you think oh it's way underdone nope 
it's perfect. <laughs> It'll cool <laughs> and congeal and then it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite Christmas song or carol? Uh I like the Mariah Carey. Um was all i want for christmas oh, is you yeah um i like that one yeah it's like can't my beat fave that. my go-to mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your favorite classic christmas movie hmm. i would say if i mean if i had to pick just one it would probably be uh national lampoon's christmas vacation oh nice i actually got to s- home alone would be also i would feel bad I Not love Home Alone. I, yeah. I actually got to see Christmas Vacation on the big screen this last holidays. My my friend uh, did a private movie um, rental, screen rental, oh, very whatever. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there were only like, you know, 12 of us or whatever in the theater all spread out. And that was that was really fun. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite holiday tradition? I really love um, every year we uh, get in the car, we bundle up and get in the car and we go on a big giant tour of Christmas lights, like tacky Christmas Mm -hmm. lights. And my husband gets really into it and he makes a map, like he he gets it all set in his phone so that it's a whole map and he researches Uh it. And then we just drive the route and um, go look at all the Christmas lights and I get out and take pictures and the kids get to see it and well, at yeah. least that's something that you could have done this year. Yeah, we did. So that's nice. We, um, yeah, we actually went through, because um, we're in Nashville, we went through, they had a giant light show that was at their racetrack oh. in Nashville. And, and we drove, it's like a giant maze and you just drive through all these enormous lights. And then we went on our regular tour and went to see the lights. Cool. Outside. That sounds great. That's very cool. All right. Which do you like better, Scrooge or the Grinch? Hmm. I feel like that's hard. I feel like Scrooge because I still feel like you could like um, convince him. (laughs) You could sweet talk Scrooge. (laughs) That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they both become redeemed in the end. So true, true. Um, Clear lights are colored. Uh, Clear. But I do like the colored when I'm going to look at all the everybody's houses, but my house is clear right okay uh snow would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman probably build a snowman because i just just, i'm not a fan of getting hit in the face (laughs) okay with wet ice (laughs) would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not i'm obsessive about gift wrapping like type a psycho like grade one psycho i um (laughs) it's like origami at my house when we do Christmas wrapping, we have, like, I seal myself into a room for hours uh, and I have, like, coordinated paper and, like, real ribbons. And I actually make little V's on all the ends of all the ribbons and I fold it perfectly so the, like, pages all line up. It's it's an OCD problem that I have at Christmas time. <laughs> Very good. Okay. <laughs> uh, last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater and what does it look like? I don't I don't and we said we were going to get one but we never did because then COVID hit and we were like well what's the point <laughs> I guess we can wear them for each other but you're like, um, you, know, I you have, gotta wear it out <laughs> yeah you're like I could have an ugly Christmas mask <laughs> right I'll just wear my pajamas and their Christmas and that'll work <laughs> very all right well you passed the test very good 
and uh, we'll have all the information if people want to check out the memory keeper uh, in the description make sure you take a look at that and then we'll also have a link to your website people can sign up for your newsletter and to get all the information about upcoming books uh, and is there a link on there if they want to submit the publishing imprint um there are two there are two different um websites okay. so um you can choose you can do my author website if you like because i think if they want to go find harpeth road it's just it's harpethroad.com okay well we can put both in there that'll okay. be good great and uh, that'll be great we'll keep us posted on how things are going for you and uh, if any of you all listening if you read the book let us know what you think in the comments we'd love to hear your thoughts and uh and if people want to find you on social media how can they do that um on twitter i'm j hale author on instagram i'm also j hale author and then on facebook i'm jenny hale author great and uh, you can find me at rachel's reviews all of our social media itunes youtube and on Rotten tomatoes Check that out. I'm going to be covering Sundance all week long. And then also make sure you're following the Homeworkies podcast all over social media. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please uh, leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Make sure you check out our award show that we just did, which was pretty fun. Uh, we had a great time with that. And uh, we also have our patron group and our merch store. Lots of fun stuff going on. So thanks so much, Jenny. This was great to talk with you. And we'll have to have you back when you do uh, more of your books. Absolutely. It was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll talk to you all later bye everyone